brief warning. Our next bit of programming could possibly induce a toxic mix of shock and nostalgia. As for why, well, two words. Roller Derby. Welcome to the revolution. I'm the Big Kahuna. I'm Denominator. And I'm Mike Ryan. Together we are... Roller Derby! Australia's number one roller derby podcast. back folks episode 13 of Viva La Derby is in full effect we're coming off of a very strife ridden episode 12 that we made it through it's online it's live and recording very soon after that so our lucky listeners out there are going to get blessed with almost back-to-back episodes of Viva La Derby goodness but denominator Mike Wright how you doing folks good buddy yeah real good real good looking looking forward to the Avengers coming out just throwing that out there. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> I, I too am looking very much looking forward to the Avengers. Uh, I I got to admit though, I am a little bit cautious. I'm scared. I'm so scared of the Avengers. Oh, Johnny is already really angry that Nick Fury is a black man. Nick tell, Fury is never. Tell him to read uh, Ultimate Avengers uh, comic books, and he'll find out that in the Ultimate series. Nick Fury is a black man in that as well. Yeah, and also really? in the in the, yeah, cuts, yeah. in the animated TV show they made a many years ago as well. He became yeah a bold black what? guy, much was like he Sam Jacks. Was he ever a white guy? Oh, yeah, he's he was, an old yeah, white yeah. dude. Oh, okay. Yeah. So Johnny's like, fuck, hold on, he was never a black dude. I'm just going, look, I always remember him as a white guy as well. Did I miss something? I never got the memo, but they do these kind of things. So I was fine with it. I like Samuel L. Jackson. Snakes on a Plane was a great movie. <laughs> Sick of these motherfucking Avengers on my motherfucking plane. <laughs> Sorry, floating base. Heli carrier, to be precise, but hey. Sorry, dude. Sorry. Sorry, so sorry to out-nerd everyone, but, <laughs> uh, but I do live above a comic book shop, so. Oh, do you really? No. Yeah. That's so cool. Mike Wright lives the best life ever. <laughs> Is this why you're single? Yeah, as Val Capone uh, uh, say, um, would say on her Facebook's posts, reasons I'm single. <laughs> I live Hello. above a comic book shop. <laughs> and it's true. Aww. I'm into wrestling. I play I play cards. <laughs> what you going to do? Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, hey, hey you, you, you know Roller Derby? I hear that's a fun thing to talk about. Yeah. Through that. <laughs> I, li- I like talking about Roller Derby, so let's do it. One of the biggest things happening in Roller Derby this year, and we've mentioned it before, and we'll mention it again, of course, is the Great Southern Slam. But since our last update, which uh, was seems like ages ago, even though it was only released very recently, of course, the pools have been released. We know who's actually which teams have been announced for the, the Slam and who they're going to be playing in round one. So I thought we'd just have a look at them quickly and see what's going on. Sweet as. Yes, that's it. I tell you what, when when uh, we've got two New Zealand uh, teams in the Great Southern Slam, and uh, we are very interested to see these pool uh, these pool rounds. Okay, well let's go. Let's break it down group by group. So Group A, the ideal. So Victorian Roller Derby League, Auckland Roller Derby League, and Newcastle Roller Derby League. That is going to be one tough group. I know. I mean, obviously, 
you guys in Australia, you know how amazing the RDL are. They just, yeah. they just proved themselves uh, last week in the Dust Devil. Um, but I, t- I tell you what, a few of you guys um, will be surprised at just how good Auckland Roller Derby League is. They are a committed league. They are, you know, they've got, um, while they're a, new, a fairly new league, they've got some uh, skaters who've been skating a long time. And uh, and I, I was, uh, I've been talking with uh, Auckland quite a bit and they, you know, they're actually pretty excited that they get to play VRDL. That you know, they're not they're not shying away from the challenge. Well, I, I believe a few of the skaters from Auckland were at the last Great Southern Slam with a different league. Uh, that's correct. Yep, um, there there were a few of them that played for Pirate City Rollers at the last uh, TGSS. Um, and uh, and they have since uh, moved moved into Auckland Roller Derby League, so uh, so they do have experience at at uh, the tournament, and they you know they're excited to get involved. I mean, and the other thing about this group is Newcastle is um, is a team that um, here in New Zealand we know a little bit about them. Uh, the Pirates came uh, they came over and played the Pirates uh, Cannon Brawlers at the end of last year. Um, and put up a really good fight against them. I think they they just went down something like 120 to 90, 90 odd points. So uh, they they showed that they're a they're a team to really watch. And I I believe they even had like a one point loss to Adelaide earlier earlier last year as well. So uh, so yeah, oh, qu- yes. not an easy yeah. team, not an easy team in in this group at all. I think I think this is going to be uh, looking. From what I know of uh, of the, of the um, teams playing, I think uh, Group A is definitely one of the hardest groups of uh, of the tournament. Absolutely, I know. When I saw it first released, I almost felt a little bad for Newcastle because I got to imagine I haven't I've obviously talked to any of them about it, but I'm sure they were ramping up for a big splash in, in Great Southern Slam this year. Last year, they were able to beat Northern Brisbane early on in April. Then, like you said, they, they took one point to Adelaide. They went over to New Zealand and, and played PCR. So I know they were ramping up for it. And to, to land in a group with VRDL and ARDL, it's just, it's got to be a killer. I, t- I tell you what, though, one I know of the skaters from Newcastle, they w- they will not be looking at it that way. They'll they'll pick up this challenge. I mean, that, they are definitely a team that uh, that will uh, they're not going to give up before they get there. They're, they're going to put in a, a big fight. I, I think, as I said, this is going to be a great group to watch. Okay, second group, Group B, is Sun State Roller Girls, Geelong Roller Derby League, and South Sea Roller Derby. That's going to be a tough group. Like, you know, we've got um, Sunstay who are just, you know, dominating over, you know, just about everybody they play except for, you know, VRDL. Um, and t- the other two are, you know, fairly newish leagues, but still great experience for them to go up against SSRG and good luck. I tell you what, I, uh, of course, being at the last TGSS, um, Sunstate has a special place in my heart. The, the Beer Squad was was one of the most the most awesome things I've ever seen at a at a derby event. Um, how that how their cheer squad, how they've got all their their arm actions and their chants for all their jammers. They they're an absolute chop chop pleasure. chop, chop, chop that's chop, so cool. Cookie cutter, um, all of them. They it really they are a fun team to watch, and you know, and they they play a, a really interesting style of roller derby that is really enjoyable to watch. And I'm expecting uh, another solid solid uh, tournament for them uh, and you know you know i wouldn't be surprised if uh, if they're gunning to to take it out 
I know that Mark's got the girls primed, and he, uh, <laughs> if you ever see some of his posts on Facebooks before about, it's it's usually something like let the pitbulls off the leash or something along those lines. So I know they're freaking hyped up to come strong at, at Great Southern Slam, and I can't wait to see what Sun State can bring because I'm big fans of them. Group C is Adelaide Roller Derby, the host league. Brisbane City Rollers and Western Australian Roller Derby. Well, Adelaide Roller Derby came third, of course, in the last Great Southern Slam. That's why they're at the top of this pool. Brisbane City Rollers, one of the older leagues in Australia, so they've been around a long time, obviously got a lot of experience, and I think a couple of Australian Team Australia skaters on the team as well, so they're obviously going to bring a lot of experience too. But, I mean, so far, every... Every group is looking pretty stacked. Yeah, I, th- I think this has been a, a great thing about uh, what they've done with TGSS, um, where they've given they've given the leagues that feel like they can they can uh, be in that main draw. They've given them the option to to get in there, and and if if the leagues don't feel like you know they can compete, they've got the mix and match, which I'm sure we'll talk about later. And uh, and I think that that. That it definitely is looking like it's going to be a, a, a lot solider competition all the way through than it was two years ago, and that's exciting. Group D is uh, Pirate City Rollers, Northern Brisbane Rollers, and Wollongong Illawarra Roller Derby. So this is your neck of the woods, Mike. Yeah, well, absolutely. PCR, obviously, uh, they've been uh, they've came fourth at the last event, and so I think that's uh, where they've uh, got the ranking. Uh, to be put at the top of the group, uh, from the way I see it, uh, Northern Brisbane Rollers, I I have been following a little bit through Facebook and stuff like that, and they look like they they're, they're uh, going to be a big challenge for PCR. Um, uh, Wired, I don't I don't really know too much about them other than what I saw at the last TGSS, and and that's two years ago, so I can't can't really say a lot about them, but uh, definitely should be an interesting group. Uh, PCR. Uh, again is going to be a, a slightly different look than two years ago as we said uh, with Auckland Roller Derby splitting from PCR so uh, um, it'll be interesting to see uh, how uh, how they work uh, with the skaters that they've got um, but you know obviously they're an incredibly proud league uh, and they've got some amazing jammers and the likes of uh, Skate the Mus and Fair Fussy Oi who, uh, who were two big names at the last TGSS so uh, look for them to have another big uh, another big tournament So perhaps maybe dropping a few places this time around when you look at the competition that's arisen since the last one? It's so hard to tell I, I, I would say uh, I would say PCR got away with uh, being the unknown quantity uh, at TGSS in 2010, uh, uh, but you know everyone everyone knows each other a little bit better now, and uh, you know through things like uh, interleague um, through the through the countries, and also you know uh, you you want to see some of the best skaters from uh, PCR. You just have to you just have to watch the uh, footage from the World Cup, and uh, and I think people want to know a bit better who, who who's coming at them and so so teams can be a little bit more prepared but uh but yeah i, th- I think uh, they're gonna have a tough they're gonna have a tough uh tournament but so so is everyone else so you know they'll be gunning definitely to uh, to uh, do it do a place or two better than they did last time but uh the competition will uh, the competition will definitely be uh, a lot harder than it was two years ago Absolutely. Northern Brisbane Rollers and Wollongong Illawarra Roller Derby, I've seen them quite a few times. Wollongong, I love them, um, just down the road from us here in Sydney. But 
as far as preparation leading into it goes, in November, I know it's a little while ago now, but uh, Northern Brisbane Rollers, of course, played Rat City, and that's a hell of a lot of experience that I know they're going to gain a lot from. They played Sydney before that, but Rat City is a pretty freaking big bout to, to come out of, and hopefully they learned a lot from um, the Seattle ladies, and we'll bring that down to Great Southern Slam. Wollongong, of course, are doing their own preparation as well, and this weekend we're going to talk about it later in our upcoming bouts, but they have, they've actually lined up a bout with the... VRDL B team. Yeah, the Queen Bees. Which, when you compare to a lot of other leagues around Australia, they ain't no B team. But, you know, um, so that's what Wollongong's doing to to hype up, uh, to prep for it, I guess. And I think that's going to be a good pull as well. And Gnomes, you got uh, you might if we obviously we're going to get down to the Great Southern Slam, and if all mm-hmm. you know goes according to uh, our plan, then you get to hang out with your good friend Malteser. Yeah, I know. We've actually never met, and we kind of know each other through a different, not through roller derby, which is a bit weird. But um, yeah, so I finally get to hang out with her, and it's be pretty cool. Like she was here to play NRDO, and unfortunately life got in the way, so I didn't get to meet her. But you know, we've always stayed in touch through the good old book face. So I really hope that she makes their travel team, and that she goes down and play, or goes down, up, up, down. So that'd be really cool. <laughs> Group E, uh, headed by Canberra Roller Derby League, Perth Roller Derby, and Gold Coast Roller Girls. Canberra, at the last Great Southern Slam, they were they came in 11th overall, and now you can see how much progress they've made in that short two years to actually be seated at the top of their group. And from what I'm seeing, and and obviously there's no official announcement, but just you know using my brain, which I have a little bit of, you can see that the seeds actually might go across the, the way and looks like they're probably ranked in the top five here anyway. Oh, totally. Totally, that's what it looks like to me. Knowing how uh, TGSS was run last time, uh, uh, basically what they did with the, the uh, groups was they they had an A group, a B group, and a C group, and, and they had, you know, X number of teams in each group and each team got one A A team, one B team, one C team and it was all ranked on the first time it was ranked on experience slash how long the league had been um, around but uh, but this time it, it does look like they're take obviously taking that a step further now that there's a bit more information, other teams have been playing each other and, and this definitely looks quite a bit like a ranking system uh, the, the way these groups have been worked out so I haven't seen too much from Perth or the Gold Coast, but Gold Coast have actually got a few bouts coming up as well against um, their within-the-state rivals like um, Coastal Assassins and um, BCR. So they're, they're doing what they can as well to make sure that they're coming to the Great Southern Slam as ready as possible. I am excited about Group E, just purely because at the last Great Southern Slam, the Pirates stayed in the same hotel as the Perth team. Um, <laughs> and they were awesome. They are they are a really cool bunch of uh, 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 bunch of roller girls, and um, we got to play them in I think it was the quarterfinals, and um, and uh, we beat them pretty convincingly. But but they were s- such good sports about it, and they re- and you know we really had a good time hanging out uh, with them. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to them. And of course, Canberra has got one of my favourite players from. Uh, from the World Cup in shortstop, I believe that's where she's she plays. Absolutely, and I I can't wait to to watch her jam again. Um, like seriously, at the World Cup, she was on fire, and uh, and uh, I am looking forward to see what she does in this tournament. 
And Group F, led by Sydney Roller Derby League, Ballarat Roller Derby League, and Convict City Rollers from Tasmania. Sydney, um, obviously, probably like ranked in that top of that group there. And with good reason, I can say, and we're going to go into about recap a little bit later. I love Sydney Roller Derby. That's how I got into Roller Derby. But I was a little bit worried this year. Um, I don't. I. I they wasn't a lot out there about what their preparation was like. They hadn't been able to really bout anyone outside of their own league, and they only started their season this past weekend. So I was worried that they might have left it a little bit too late. But um, I do know, and I'll, again, we'll talk about it in a little bit more depth when we um, get into our bout recaps, but they're going to make a splash as well. They're going to be strong at, at Great Southern Slam. Convict City Rollers taking out the Tasmanian Championships last year um, and have a little bit of experience in that regard playing other leagues. So, And, and obviously they got a few skaters there that were in the Apple Bettys that came up to play the Queen Bees at, at Rat City um, versus VRDL in November last year. So they got a little bit of experience as well. So I can't wait to see what comes out of any of these groups. Right now, um, making predictions is going to be hard, but we're going to try the next episode to do brackets and let's see what comes out and, and who gets the closest out of our predictions. I, t- I totally reckon we should put something on this because hopefully all three of us are going to be are going to be at TGSS um, and uh I, I, I think the first Viva Derby betting pool should uh, should uh, should happen. I'm to- I'm totally down. Money where our mouth is, eh? I, th- I think so. New trick. <laughs> hey, I don't think anyone wants to see no, me. No one wants to see that. Nobody wants to see me naked either. But I just thought it would make it interesting. <laughs> just quietly. I might blind a whole bunch of Derby girls. <laughs> my eyes, my eyes, clawing <laughs> at him. We'll come up with something that uh, I, I think uh, people will enjoy, and uh, and I definitely think uh, it is it is time to put our money where our mouths are. All right, we'll work it out. Actually, you know what, listeners, what do you want to see on the line between the three of us and, oh, and our tipping? Okay. Who, who, well, I haven't got no money, and there's not a lot of money in the whole lucrative podcasting industry. No. <laughs> when you give away free products, there's not a lot of cash to be made. But if there's some sort of bet that we can do, humiliation-wise, that doesn't involve nudity, um, then nudity or tattoos, or tattoos, P- permanent scarring of any sort. Yeah. Yes. But let's get your idea. Pa- if you can send them perhaps to if us. I perhaps if I win, uh, you guys uh, have to wear all blacks uh, shirts on the last day of two years oh. or something. That's permanent scarring. <laughs> All right, but there's, there's only one of you, so I'm guessing you're going to be wearing a Wallabies jersey. Uh, yeah, I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure we can think of something. We'll work it out. We'll get our listeners to jump on if they want to actually tell us about it. They could probably leave us a voicemail on what number, gnomes? Ah, uh, not ready. Zero four three zero two one seven four three five. You don't even try anymore. No, I don't really. I'm <laughs> giving up all hope. Now, you should, if you should just write it in twink on your screen. In in what? And twink or white out. Kiwi thing. It's liquid paper. Oh, liquid paper. Oh, what are you talking? Really? Do you guys not? Do you guys? Oh man. There's gonna hey, be a lovely moment. Actually, man. actually, while 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 I bring in our differences, I'd just like to go on the record and say, what the fuck's with Australia trying to claim pineapple lumps? Yeah, I don't know about that. Since that, when? Whoa, I agree with you on that, that one. I knew there were a kiwi thing. My my old boss used to bring them over from New Zealand and I was like these are the best things ever and then all of a sudden like a few of the bottle shops started selling them and I was like this is mad 
uh, pineapple arms pinkies. I was all over it. It was great. And then yep. someone started claiming it. And I was like, I'm not touching that one. Was we can keep Lymington's and Pavlova. They can keep pineapple lumps. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, credit where credit's due. Well, uh, my um, my boss at work is a Kiwi, and he brings pineapple lumps whenever he goes back home. And he he gets angry because apparently, and I'm not a big fan necessarily, but when One Direction were here and they made a big fuss, I think on the Today Show. Uh, yeah, that's, that, that's where that, it happened. Yeah, the robot guy, Karl Stefanovich, <laughs> gave them some pineapple lumps, said an Australian treat. Nope, not Australian nope, at all. Not Australian at all. That is totally 100% kiwi. It's as kiwi as fish and chips. That's right. I tell you what, though, you guys can keep Russell Crowe, though. <laughs> I don't want Russ. I don't want Russ. I'm not, I'm not a Russ fan at all. No, neither is we as a country. <laughs> he can anyway. throw phones somewhere else. Anyway, yeah, yeah roller derby. <laughs> so get your ideas for tipping to us on the zero four three zero two one seven four three five or email podcast at vivalderby.com. Of course, you can get us on Facebook. But if I was going to be tipping, I think all smart money for the number one spot is going to go to Victoria Roller Derby League, and with good reason because Reese last week they went over to the good old US of A into the Dust Devil tournament, and proud doesn't doesn't even cut it so proud like so happy for them <laughs> and hey, of course they we, came we, wa- we watched it over here as well and uh, we've got to say absolutely loving it I mean it was it was uh, a little bit of like deja vu of uh, London Roller Girls at uh, at uh, regionals last year where where you know when an international team goes into uh, the states and just shows them that you know Shows them that the rest of the world plays derby at a fucking high level as well. It's awesome to see. Absolutely, yeah. Victoria representing um, the Southern Hemisphere with with pride. Um, coming in fifth overall in the tournament. Going into it, they were seated tenth, and with good reason. Not a lot of background on them, obviously. Not a lot known other than the fact that they played a Texas home team and Rat City. But they came in fifth, jumping a whole lot of places and really actually dominating some teams ranked higher than them. So the first round, uh, they played Assassination City, who was ranked or seeded 7th for the tournament, and they destroyed them. 358 VRDL to 27 for Assassination City out of Dallas. Um, they moved on to the quarterfinals and lost a close one, which was an awesome bout to watch, if anyone wants to see that. Um, I don't know if it's still on Justin TV and DNN, but if you can find it, watch it, because against Angel City, they went down, but it was a really good bout, 105 to 149. Angel City, of course, were seated second and ended up coming second in the tournament as well, um, showing just how strong VRDL is. Um, they romped over Pikes Peak, 270 to 109. Um, Pikes Peak were ranked 6, or seeded 6, and that, of course, qualified them for the 5th spot, uh, or the 5th place game, where they actually played Silicon Valley and, and destroyed them, 239 to 104. So, the fact that they can actually go into an international tournament like the Dust Devil, being what, the first roller derby tournament ever, um... Is, is pretty significant and, and i got to say I'm, I'm proud as punch as well of VRDL yeah I mean and uh, you know they they really uh, they really earned a lot of respect from a lot of people uh, uh, just watching the response over Facebook I, I saw uh, Hurt Reynolds posted that uh, he uh, he uh, wouldn't be surprised if they were ranked 10th in the west which would uh, 
um, after that display, which would actually open them up to a berth to regionals. I mean, and and with uh, how the West is looking this year, that's you know that's a possibility. I mean, no, what was once considered such a such a strong region is is definitely in a little bit of flux with uh, a lot of teams moving around and, ju- and just just this last week uh bay area who I, I believe was ranked fifth in the west after the last regionals bet uh rocky mountain who was uh, ranked second so you know with a lot of movement in that in that region you know we may be seeing vidl uh having to make another trip to the states which would be awesome and of course, the the Wolfdita rankings that will come out of this tournament won't be available until July um, for this tournament to actually play any part on. So, I mean, that'll lead right up into regionals if they can nab that tenth spot. Then that'll be awesome to see Victoria coming into a, a regional tournament, the best or westerns. I don't know if we can call it the bestens anymore. There's a there is a lot of change there. Oli ain't Oli, and Rocky Mountain ain't Rocky Mountain no more. It's it's definitely going to be a fun year at regionals uh, this year. So um, fingers crossed that uh, VRDL uh, get the the ranking that they so uh, so strongly deserve. Well, that's it for all the news that's been going on in Roller Derby. We're going to talk more about Grace of the Same, obviously, in the next episode. But coming up on this show right now, we're going to have our usual shout-outs and what you said. About recaps and results. Interviews with Sarah Heipel, a.k.a. Killbox. We're also going to have a very special interview with good friend of the show, G Money. Gunther Hang about his upcoming show. Upcoming events. And of course, Big Pimpin'. All that on this episode of Evil of Derby. Dun, dun, dun. Okay, let's get started with our shout-outs nice and quick. On the Twitters, uh, you can follow us at Vivala Derby. I just want to do a quick shout-out to all our new followers that have jumped on board. So, at Danielle3610, at l 2 pay at Belinda... Ah... Uh, that's <laughs> B-E-L-I-N-D-A-A-R-G-H. At Tora Hymanov. At Arrows Sockmed, I think. A-R-R-O-W-S-O-C-M-E-D, which is, of course, the Association of Roller Derby Referees and Officials Worldwide. Thanks for following. At Only Roller Derby, which is actually the, the name for Roller Derby UK. So all of Roller Derby in the UK is following Viva Derby, which I dig. At Lolo Morals. At Tamara Krira. At Kitty Meow and at the Storm movie, which is actually a movie being made about a old school roller derby team, I think. But I'll, I haven't got more information on that. I might follow them back and see what I can find out. But anyone following us, all our new followers, thank you. It's at Viva the Derby. Anyone else out there, tweet at us, retweet us, hashtag us, whatever you want to do. Get on Twitter and hit us up. Awesome. So we've also got some Facebook shout-outs. First up, we've got Senor Whippy. Shout-out to Senor Whippy on VLD. Mucho grande. Next one from Facebook, we've got a bit of a trio from a good friend of the show. You're going to hear her a little bit later. Freda Cox from Sydney Roller Derby League. She said, the best thing about Facebook, this cover photo. Radness. And she's, of course, she's talking about our cover photo on our Viva Derby page. Uh, go to Viva Viva Derby Facebook page if you want to see what she's talking about. We also got to interview her at her most recent bout, and she said, it just occurred to me that my language on Saturday was quite colourful. Can you please beep out my C-bombs? Pretty, pretty please. Yours in censorship, Freda. Um, I don't even remember that, Gnomes, do you? I don't remember the C-bombs, but I do remember someone being, what was it, as hot as a something in a playground? 
Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, I'm and I just, that. That's comedy. Yeah, I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> You're going to hear that very shortly, folks. <laughs> she also sent us a message after the bout saying, so freaking nice to see you guys last night. Thanks for coming out and showing your support for the MC Hammers. Love, the Ice Ice Baby Captain. <laughs> MC Hammers? Sorry, yeah. I, I need... What's that all about? Uh, we'll get into it in our bout recaps. Mike, we'll tell you all that, about it. That, I, I'm, I'm a Hammer fan from way back. That yes! I, I, I approve. <laughs> oh, not, Nigel can share his story about MC Hammer with you. Don't worry. Was he the celebrant at your uh, wedding? Because you know he does that nowadays. <sighs> that would have been awesome. It would have made his day. <laughs> <laughs> Also, from the Facebook page, uh, Nerdy Perfect uh, wrote, Oh my god, when's the next podcast coming out? Question mark, question mark, question mark. Of course, the answer is yesterday, or whenever the last one came out, and now it's out now. So, there you go. I'm a fountain of useless information. (laughs) Uh, We got a few of those over the last few weeks with... uh a little bit of a kick in the ass via the Facebook page. So if I start slacking again, folks, just hit us up and, and you know drill it in how crap we are and not getting podcasts out. But this one yes, hopefully definitely. will be coming out very soon. We also had a, a shout-out from Spank Alley. Um, I've been quiet since the, end, since the end of last year, but the Aussie Derby community have not like, let me go so quietly, so quietly. I am now back in full swing. Armbands and helmet covers. You need them, we make them. Oh, and see you at TGS. Thanks, Spank Alley. Of course, a big fan of the show, Carly uh, from Mount Militia Derby Crew uh, wrote, I want to give a big shout out to my league, Mount Militia Derby Crew. Their support, their acceptance, it means the uh, whole lot. Derby love. We love you too, Carly. It's, it's great. We do. We, re- we really do. <laughs> uh, Atomic Cherry said she she I cannot thank Central Coast Roller Girls enough for having some of us Hardies up to bout as part of their teams on the weekend. They put on a great game and was such a pleasure to be around. Oh, look at that! Bit of interleague love going on. Some hard players getting up to bout alongside Central Coast, which is good to see. Oh. And look at that. <laughs> you you asked for shout-outs just before we went on. And look at that. Nerdy Perfect, always quick on the uptake on Facebook, said, shout-out to everyone I met at Blood and Thunder. It was so great meeting and skating with everyone. Nerdy Perfect. Of course, we had the Blood and Thunder camp here in New Zealand over the Easter weekend. And uh, and unfortunately, real world got in the way and I couldn't make it down. But it, from what I've heard, it was a lot of fun. Uh, and uh, a, lot, a lot of stuff learnt from uh, some wicked uh, international coaches. Absolutely. And if you want to hear your shout-outs of Viva Derby, just use us. Use us like a, a, a Titan Tron at the wrestling or the, the big screen at the football. Get your announcements to us via Facebook. Uh, hit us up on Twitter or email, whatever the case. You know how to get in contact with us. But do and we'll shout it out in the next episode. You're catching air with Estrogen, and you're listening to Viva La Derby. Of course, that brings us to the point of the show where we get to tell you all about the roller derby that has been happening in the last few weeks since the last episode of Viva La Derby. And we're going to start with Saturday, 14th of April, uh, Adelaide Roller Derby League, bout two of the year. And it saw the Wild Hearses, Wild Hearses, <laughs> take on the Salty Dolls. And defeating them, actually, 161 to 95. And here's our recap from Holger Von Lomo. Actually, no, there isn't, because we don't have one. Holger, we miss you. We need you. Please get in contact with us. 
<laughs> that was like a guilty stab. <laughs> and then also on the 14th, we had Attack of the Blockers, a double header. So that was Toowoomba City Rollers going up, going up against Brisbane City Rollers, the Range Renegades against the Dark Horses, 256 to 176. Also that same night, we had Brisbane City Rollers, Nasty Nancys go up against the Toowoomba City Rollers, Mountain Resistance, 173 to 171. Ooh, close as. So that looks it's- like some Interra League action going on. Yeah, I like that. I like that. And that same night, we had Newcastle Roller do with their second bout of the year. Harbour Hellcats taking out the, the bout against the Fort Smashleys, 127 to 98. Hellcats going up 2-0 and in this in this current season. So Come let's see on, what Smashleys can do. Okay, also that night, big night for Derby. Northern Brisbane Rollers at the Untouchables, 154 to the Dynamite Dolls, 96. Perth Roller Derby, Bloody Sundays against the Mistresses of Mayhem, 173 to 116 to the Sundays. Then we also had Reef City Roller Girls to the, um, go up against the Mackay City Roller Maidens, 138 to 135. Super close bout. Jesus. Yeah, there's a lot of them going on. Next week, Saturday, 21st of April, the Borderline Blitz, Gold Coast Roller Derby League taking on the Bay Rollers and defeating them soundly, 317 to the Bay Rollers, 164. And a huge point, actually, something we want to note, is Chaos Control scored a 39-point jam in that bout. 39 points. That's Damn. I can't even count that high. <laughs> no. I, I, I'm guessing it, it has to have been a power jam, because if it wasn't, that's even more impressive. Well, as an announcer, Mike, and myself as well, would you just look at that and go, that's saying Grand Slam far too many times? <laughs> you, you, you have to mix it up. Go, go, go through the whole Denny's menu. <laughs> Of course, French then slam, line. grand slam, you know, all the, all the slams. That's it. <laughs> um, now, that borderline blitz was a doubleheader, and the Tweed Valley Rollers took on the Cost Coast Derby Dolls, taking about 159 to 118. So I like that a lot of these northern New South Wales, Queensland teams are doing all these interleague tournament type stuff and really mixing up their play, and it's, I think it's a, a great idea bringing them all together. So... Keep it up, legs. I like it. We also had bout two for the Sun State Roller Girls. The Defiance going up against the Vandals, 170 to 135. And that same night down Sydney Way, we had Sydney Roller Derby League's first bout of the year. They actually had a double header: the Black and Deckers taking on the Dead Riding Hoods, 111 to 82 to the Black and Deckers. And of course, the main event was the MC Hammers up against the Ice Ice Babies. The MC Hammers, 161 to 158. Now, before we go further into that, I just wanted to talk a little bit about the concept behind it. You will, you will hear a little bit about it from our interview um, coming up with Captain Rats and Apollonia Thunderpussy. But basically, these are not their home teams or anything like that. What they did, um, which I think is a pretty unique concept for their first bout of the year, was actually to have um, the Black and De- Deckers up against the Red, the Dead Riding Hoods, was basically their up and coming or their B squad. I guess, um, getting to play against each other. Mixed up the teams, no home teams were affiliated. They just put them all together and actually had some ring-ins from Newcastle as well as Wollongong and brought them all together for this up-and-coming stars kind of bout, which was good to see. And then for the main one, MC Hammers up against the Ice Ice Babies. They took their 30 skater-strong assassin squad, their A-level 
and divvied them up and made them face each other. So instead of actually playing other leagues, they just went head-to-head with each other, and we saw the MC Hammers take on the Ice Ice Babies. Now, the names of those teams are actually pretty freaking awesome, um, and they did something unique and put it on Facebook and said, come up with the names for our teams for this bout, and that's what was obviously was always going to be the most popular when you have the MC Hammers up against the Ice Ice Babies. And, it, and yep. it's good to... It's good to see that the result uh, uh, truly showed uh, that the epitome of each team that, uh, in real life, MC Hammer beats uh, Vanilla Ice every time. Well, that's true. That's true. Every time. Now, that bout knows we were there. Of oh. course, we were going to be there. Holy I, shit, was that a I bout turned, to... I, I turned around to the girls in, like, that were sitting with, and I said to them, I am so sorry, but I just turned into a really angry Bogan football fan at the roller derby because I was yelling things. I was yelling at the refs. I was yelling at the players. I was sitting at the HMAC. I'm like, what's going on? It was just freaking crazy. And like, it was just, but it was so good. And just, we talked a little bit about it before, about how much, um, SRDL have been pressing us. You first jam, first jam. And you went, Whoa, is rats quicker than usual? I'm like, hell yeah. She's quicker. Like everybody is faster, stronger, skinnier, like fitter, and they're just all machines. All of them. Yeah, I did say before I was a little bit worried about what their preparation was like this year. This bout on Saturday night completely allayed my fears because they did, they looked fucking mean. Like, just coming out, um, really getting into the scrum starts and a lot of physical play. So Um, much sort of pushing. I'm just going to interject there. Can we not call them scrum starts? I mean, <laughs> since we're from two countries that actually know what a scrum looks like, uh, it really is not a scrum. If we're going to call yeah. it anything, if we're going to call it anything relating to rugby, it's more of a rolling mall. <laughs> Just putting it out there. Yeah, Just but see, it if it was like anything to do with all blacks, then we'd probably see skaters stepping on people's heads and stuff. Oh! I, I think you're mixing us up with the wallabies or perhaps <laughs> the, the protests. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> keep it clean guys keep it clean but um okay the the rolling mall starts on the jammer line pivot line getting a lot of neglect that night but um, I'll be right Mike right 2012 <laughs> <laughs> but it was good to see that Sydney uh, obviously their longer off season they used it to freaking hone themselves like they, I know that they started doing uh, she camp so big shout out I'm not putting in big pimping but big shout out to she camp uh, I think her name's Susie, is running them through their off-skates, and let me tell you, it's working, because a lot of those girls look slimmed down, just toned, like, just, I, I don't know if I can talk this way without sounding creepy, <laughs> but that will fit, that will freaking fit. Everybody just looked amazing, and just, their, their level one girls are just so strong and so fit, like, I just can't wait to, you know, have them out at STD to and help, get them to help us, because... Damn, they're just incredible. Um, and that last bout, you can see a three-point difference. It actually came down to the very last jam. The Ice Ice Babies actually jumped out to a close to 60-point lead at one point. I think it was 50-odd that they mm-hmm. had gotten ahead. Uh, and towards the second, the latter half of the second half, so I guess the fourth quarter, the ascendancy started going towards the MC Hammers, and they had the, the roll on. They had the, the momentum and really came at them all the way into the last jam. And they had the lead by one point into the last jam. Jet Lethal for the oh. Ice Ice Babies got out lead jammer, 
got out in front, scored some points, and just called it off one second too late because Haterade, before that fourth whistle goes, of course, was able to get a few more points for the Hammers and, and keep that score ahead. So it just came down to that very last second um, play from from Haterade sneaking through and, and securing the win for the MC Hammers. The whole place, as always, Sydney puts on a great bout and the whole place was on their feet screaming what? like madmen. Do you know what? I will I will say I will say this because a few of us did say it throughout the night. It was a great bout. Like the 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 the, the quality of Derby was amazing and you know everybody was an athlete everybody just looked amazing but the atmosphere inside wasn't what it usually is i i'm i'm putting it down to the fact that um it wasn't their home teams and it wasn't their travel team see um, i didn't even really notice i think because i picked sit up on so it close. i picked up on it. yeah i picked up on it definitely like the lights were up a lot more than usual um not having the band there just a few things that really add to the atmosphere of what a Sydney bout is known for were missing. Still a great bout, but I def- a few of us, a few of the people I've spoken to have definitely worked out that it was about for roller derby fans, for derby people, because it just was missing a few of the bells and whistles. In saying that, possibly the best skate out I've ever seen. Check it out on our Facebook page. I think I linked it up, but it was a bit of a mashup of uh, MC Hammer and, of course, Vanilla Ice, their seminal smash hit number ones, choreographed by the ever-wonderful Apollonia Thunderpussy and Captain Rats, of course. Now, watching that, um, Gnomes, I can tell you that Bacardi Bruiser got MVP for that, that main bout. Oh, most definitely. If you were to pick one for the MC Hammers and, and the Ice Ice Babies again, who would you say were the, the standouts on the night? Okay, um, Freda Cox, for sure. Freda is just, you know, an absolute machine and she just never fails to impress. And, well, I went for the, urge me, I went for the MC Hammers because, you know, most of my favourites were on there. But, um, I want to say Captain Rats as well, just because she's just improved so much and she's just really. You know, her fitness has gone through the roof and she's just really committed to it this um this off season and you, it shows. It really does show. Yeah, Bacardi Bruiser taking it for the Isis Babies and well deserved. I think that was but no, I don't think it was her debut in that sort of assassin squad and she really stamped her name on it um yeah. the MVP and she killed it. I think she was probably the most effective jammer for the Ice Ice Babies and Rats was definitely for the the MC Hammers. We saw some of the the more experienced, um, I guess, in the past, the more potent jammers in Winnie Brews and Great Balls of Fire taking a little bit of a step back, Um, not jamming as much that night, but uh, giving a chance to the likes of Bacardi to really step up, and it was good to see. Bacardi, Lethal, Lethal also jammed a fair bit, and she she shone. She was just amazing as well. So, yeah, it it just shows how hard... Um, how, how hard they've been training on the off-season and how important off-skates fitness is. And not only off-skates fitness, something that um, Freda will talk about in the interview we've got with her, but also proper skating technique and skating stance. I know it's something that Sydney have been working really hard on and um, it, it totally shows, totally. Absolutely. So let's have a listen to our interview with Captain Rats and Apollonia Thunderpussy of the MC Hammers, followed by Freda Cox and Bacardi Bruiser of the Ice Ice Babies. <laughs> 
so cool. So that's over. <laughs> oh my god. What a safe. Down there. Winnie Bruce hit you, didn't she? Yeah, I told, yeah. Her, I told her our friendship was over. Temporarily. <laughs> I, I thought I was done. I laid over I couldn't catch my breath. I thought, like, I felt like a bit of a crack and I have a bad rib. Ooh. And I was like, <laughs> I think I'm done. Like, I was just trying to, like, spread my arms. I was like, lung capacity full. Like, I, was, I was like, I think I'm done, guys. And I was, there was so much, like, I guess a little bit of stress behind it because it was our friend, so I was like, I'm done. Too bad, oh well. Oh, yeah. oh I can't Good play. luck, guys. I'll be over here if you need me. Oh, what did crazy. you guys think of the skate out? Oh, my God! The skate out? Yeah. The skate out's so probably cool. one of the best I've ever seen. Yeah, Pretty much. Yeah, me and Thunder choreographed it last night. Sorry. Fair and fun to put it together. Of course, you were. Last night. Last night. Okay. Like, Thunder's the one that got the music together. She already had, like, the idea in her head, and we just went over it a few times, and we're like, it's cool. Just hand us the trophy for this year's skate out. Done! <laughs> <laughs> far up here. Yeah, first game. Leading into it, I was pretty excited because I've been telling everybody, like, it's a brag thing, really, I should be embarrassed, that my first concert ever was MC Hammer. Really? Oh, awesome. In 91 for my 11th birthday. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty jealous. <laughs> yeah. That was freaking awesome. But to see um, the MC Hammers tonight versus Ice House Babies in a fucking amazing bout. Like, oh. we, we lost it. We, yeah, Brad, we, you were amazing. Thank you, man. Good work. <laughs> Kept the rights of some of her fans. Come yes. Yeah. No, that was absolutely incredible. I was on the edge of my seat. Look at my nails. I ripped all, all the nail polish off my nails. Like three. MC Hammer. It's the best sport. Yeah, You gotta like wrap, eat it up when like you have a good game and people are like, I like you. You're like, yes, yes, come here. Because none of my games are good. <laughs> you were the one telling photo, photo, photo. Photo, both photos. Are you a fan of mine? Come here, come here. Yeah, take the photo. Get formal with it. All right, let's go. The big I'm the nominator. And we're very fortunate to be joined by fan favorite and a favorite of the show. We all love and know her so well, Captain Rats in your old WL. Thanks What's for joining up, us. <laughs> now we were fortunate enough to see a freaking awesome bout tonight um, very different to what we've seen before what was the concept behind the teams tonight tonight uh, really we're getting ready for a TGSS that's going to be held in Adelaide in the beginning of June long weekend June long weekend that's right so tonight was really um, all the assassins possible assassins that will be going down there playing against each other doing what we practice doing things that we've been wanting to do like tonight was the venue to do it in front of a crowd with the you know stress of an actual game but without the ending result really meaning anything so tonight was was really big for us like tonight for both teams to go out there and push it and do what we want to do when we play all these other leagues Australia wide well it has been a long time in the coming like a lot of leagues have already got the start on the year April towards the end of April waiting a little bit longer but I can say like watching about tonight it was worth the wait because you guys I don't know what it is like what your off season was like and maybe you can tell us about it but you look fucking fit and strong and just we're saying it we don't know whether or your trickery or whatever you guys are doing out there was making us believe that you guys have actually improved or you've actually improved yeah so yeah fitness has been a major part of it I know um I went to um, last season I went to California to visit my family and I skated with the Sacramento team and I was blown away by the fitness they did I was coming home and just like dying because the fitness was crazy I come back to Australia and everybody's like holy crap 
Captain Rats is ripped. I was quick. I was doing great. And I'm like, yeah, like we don't do any fitness. And a lot of people were starting to talk about that. So in our off season, we joined up with Susie with She Camp. Yep. We're yes. meeting uh, once a week, sometimes twice a week, and doing boot camp. I mean, the fitness has gone through the roof, and tonight really it showed shows. that. It, shows. it has completely changed the game. Yes. You know, and I think a, a lot of the other leagues are doing this. We're aware of that, and we're like, we we need to like up our game because we're just going to be sinking down and down in skill level if we don't like try to do what these U.S. leagues are doing because that's what everybody else is trying to copy. Yeah, and we saw a lot of the U.S. sort of gang that we saw sneaking in. in. <laughs> we will we'll saving, get there. saving the best for last. <laughs> um, the scrum starts, the, the real jammer, push, 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 push. Yeah. And a lot of the finesse is going out of the game, and that's where the fitness and strength is coming in. Yep. And we're seeing that played tonight. So how... We're creepily laughed by <laughs> We're getting laughed. <laughs> like sh- just do that, a shark feed. <laughs> you want to join us? Yes. Come here. Come she's here. like, she's pretty much We're my very lucky in, to be in, the, in the world of roller derby, Thunder Pussy is really my other half. So it's Apollonia Thunder Pussy. Thanks it's for joining us, It's only fitting that she's here. How are you I, feeling I about tonight's I, awesome bout? I thought that was so much fun. So much fun. <laughs> Especially so in the end, the very, very end, when it was done. You know why? It was so much fun because we love all these girls, because we all play on the same team. But it was so much fun. It's like, how do we outsmart them when they know our game too? Yeah, yeah. And they know how you play. Yeah. And we're all playing the same strategy, so it's like zero zero jams. Cause it's like, oh, you're on my team, but not tonight. <laughs> <laughs> you know exactly what I yeah, am. Like, oh, they're doing right that now. now. Tonight Let's you're my that. enemy. Yeah. We'll give a bit of background to the two teams that did play in the main event. It was a double header, of course, but we had the Ice Ice Babies up against the MC Hammers. Yeah. Who's a brainchild of Can't touch this. Uh, that was the fans. The fans. That was a, fa- a Facebook poll. Like when yeah. They you know what? It was Mike Mann who came up with that one, and that was one of many that were voted on, and that ended up winning in the end. That's Thank so cool. God, because as soon as I saw it, I was like, yes! I just and imagine the skate out, like, and you guys brought it home with that skate out. Jesus. So the skate out was, of course, inspired by the teams that they named themselves after, and I'm led to believe that the two choreographers of the... MC Hammers are standing before us today. Present! <laughs> yes. I, I'd just like to mention we did win the trophies last year for Best Skate Out, so we think that is pretty much the contender this year so far I mean, for a trophy this year. Is there a more important trophy? I don't think so. I don't think there is. No. I think what we've gotten it. it two years running, we're working on number three. Yeah. <laughs> and tell us about some of the young ones that we see coming through, all these new faces, mm. new girls coming. They are fitting fire. fight. Are they pushing oh. you for your spots? That you they are. Yeah. They so are. Long? And they are fighting. These other girls, they're up and coming. They want our spots. We are fully aware of this. So, I mean, I feel like probably last season, a little before that, we were just sitting pretty. Like, these were our teams. We weren't going anywhere. We weren't, you know, we weren't scared into the fitness. We weren't scared into, like, keeping our place on the team. Now we are. There are a lot of people that are getting better and better, and we're like, we don't want to be stepped down. So it's kind of... doing push-ups. Pick a line. Language! Language! Um, and of course, we're going to see that push your game be further and hopefully Sydney Roll Derby League. We won't keep you much longer because you've got all these adorable fans. Go scream for Captain Rats. Captain Rats! You all have Captain Rats? Captain Rats! Show us your derby name! Captain Rats! Anabolistic, Mini Brews, Georgia Jawbreaker, and Amelia. Thanks, Rexy. It was an awesome bout. They have roller derby cake. Oh, wow. Awesome. Thank you, Rexy. I'll add one thing. You are going to be seeing some major things from Sydney Roller Derby because 
if this is our first game and this is how fit we are and this is the skill that we're bringing out, watch the HE double hockey stick out. <laughs> Can't wait. Thank you. <laughs> we just moved over the side where construction seems to be going on, which is great for podcasts. But, <laughs> but Freda Bacardi, thanks for joining the Devil. We really do appreciate it after what was a pretty epic bout. How are you feeling? Yeah, good. I feel ecstatic, actually. It's it's more than we could have ever hoped for. And um, we went out there with very specific goals, um, each as an individual skater and as a team. And I'm pretty sure that we fucking achieved every single one of them. Well, I knew that you were having a whole heap of fun because halfway through it, you fucking yelled it from the uh, pivot line. So, sorry, so from the jam line. I'm having so much fun well, right now. Colonel, Colonel Panic did offer to put his credit card on the bar for the first skater that yelled that out in mid-jam. Yeah. So. Oh. Everybody always says, fuck's sake, oh my fucking god, I hate this shit. No one says, I'm having so much fun. Right at that moment, I was having so much fun. Oh, you could tell, you could totally tell. It did look like you guys were having a lot of fun out there. It came down to the wire, probably in the last game, before a big portion of the match. Ice Ice Babies had it all over the MC Hammers. 40 points. 4 well, man. 4 mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and unbreakable. So we had, we we're delighted to have Sarah Hypel over here for two weeks, and she just worked to everyone in the league. And what she taught us was just like, um, when you wall up, there's nothing more intimidating to a jammer than actually just seeing a four wall nearly stopped and they've got to hit that at full pace. So that's what we did and it worked for us in the first half. And um, we're really calm. What, what was our motto? Stop. Collaborate and listen. <laughs> yeah, I love that. <laughs> I think the other team said this was you can't touch this. Yeah. <laughs> Potentially you could. <laughs> Let the snake talk begin. No, like that was it. Like honestly, um, this game, uh, what I've learned from Freshy to come now is that it's actually once you get to grips on it, it's actually quite simple. Look behind, communicate, don't go to the box, and <laughs> that's it. Like we had very specific things we were working on, and, and we did it. And like fucking Bacardi Bruiser here, like you jammed up a storm tonight, lady. You should be yes. very proud of yourself. And Once I got the nerves out, it was all right. <laughs> well, we were talking to Captain Rats and, and Thunder just before, and sort of said that there, there's a lot of new faces um, in, I guess, Assassins tonight um, that are pushing for their places, and you two are some of the young guns coming through, obviously. Um, so, Bacardi, tell us about your experience tonight. Um, it was hot. Like, it was tough out there. Yeah. Um, but I was just thinking, get up and go. Like, yeah, my team's relying on me, so I'm not going to give up. Just gonna go through and push, push and push, um, and just all the trainings paid off. Um, training and endurance and fitness, especially. Just yeah, the intense trainings yeah. worth every second. She came getting lots of plugs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Susie's amazing. Yeah, Captain Rags was just letting us know how much the the fitness has really improved her game, and you guys have found the same thing. Yeah, even just for endurance. Like, jamming and as well just being able to take those hits and know that you can get back up because you've got that core strength and that endurance what to does just it look go. Like from the stands? Like... We were saying it was fucking scary. Fuck. Oh, yeah. Like, the, first, the, first looked... the first jam, Nigel was like, what the fuck was that? And I was just like, I everyone don't know what's happened. Everyone looks fit, everyone looks strong, like just faster, quicker. Even like physically, a lot of people look slimmed down as well. Like, mm. I don't know what you had in your off season, but holy crap, like. We just had an even... off season, everybody just went, we had like a month. Off, everybody just oh two months off and yeah. then we had what was the breaker that was fitness February that was it we just worked on off skates um, and we worked on on skates and endurance we worked on our form our stride and like Prilla all credit to that woman she just 
nailed us every day in training. It was just skating in like big circles, small circles, working on your stride all of February. And it worked because we've got the basics now, we really do. And so once you can skate, you can then start playing derby properly, in, in my opinion. Anyway. Yeah, you can focus on the strategy and the yeah. thinking and the communicating as when opposed to thinking about what your feet are doing. Yeah. Well, speaking of which, one thing that I noticed, because we get great seats sitting right behind the bench. So yeah. the second like half... The <laughs> but one thing it's I did notice, easy. Freda, besides your ass, was um, <laughs> you seem to be taking a much more of a leadership role, um, pulling the troops together, talking to them, telling them what the game plan is. Yeah. How are you fitting into that? Oh, I was delighted. We um, we're actually not. We last year we picked a captain for the entire year for the assassins, but that's not the objective this year. As you see, like we have a squad of 33. It's a lot more fluid. Can you say 33 again? 33. So yeah, so it's a lot less pressure actually as a skater because all you've got to do is turn up and skate. Um, and so the captains are actually getting like once you make a roster and then the 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 team actually comes up with, well, who did they want to captain that particular roster? And it's, it's a fantastic honour to, like, I was voted in captain this time, and it was, yeah, it was, maybe it's <laughs> Um But, yeah, like, it, it, it works out, and I think there's an awful lot of, we've said it, and I remember being at a Bonnie Destroy camp here with Noms, and she said, like, oh, my God, there are so many pivots. That sounds a bit Canadian, but that's what she said. And there is, there's so many alpha females, and so... It is quite nice. I am a bit of a boss sometimes. It is really, you're a really calming presence on the bench as well as in the change room. Just getting everyone to get out of the red zone, as you're so calling it. Like That was my just goal. The, like, you told me about five times, calm down, bring yourself together. Like, that helped me so yeah. much. Because you can't communicate effectively when you're in a red rage. And you get in a red rage yeah, so easily. Yeah, it's so it? easy. So my so goal um, for today was to stay calm so I can play smarter and... I'm feeling pretty good about that. Like it got pretty hectic out there, but I still have my wits about me. Like especially, I loved when it was me and Bomb out there. Oh, you know why? You know why? And I was like, she's five feet, she's two feet, she's three feet, hit. And then she goes, woo! I'm like, ha. <laughs> Speaking of which, it was um, I guess friend on friend tonight. Like no real team allegiance it was just sort of made up on the spot. But there was still a lot of violence if you will yeah can get pretty vicious but we're seeing a lot of neglect of the the pivot line of course and mm. it's all on the jam line so how are you taking i guess what we've seen come out of american strategy and stuff and and bring it in tonight um one thing we found out when uh, sarah hyper was here was i'm going to keep dropping names uh <laughs> that she did this from start with us and she my was friend like, sarah hyper yeah my friend sarah hyper really <laughs> my idol like, <laughs> um, is that we're not very good at it and so prilla as our head coach said guys i want to see well, she gave us very clear directives for this game number one was to have shitloads of fun which i think we did as I claimed. And two is just like practice the scrum starts. And I think we have a down pat. So we know that going to TGSS, that's going to come up quite a lot. And from this bout, we know that we can do it. We know that we can do it well. We know that what we have to work on. And so it's not the game I think that the assassins like to play, but it was just something that we needed in our toolkit, really. And 
I'd recommend it to every league editor. Oh, they're all going to hear it now. They're all yeah. going to know what you guys are bringing to TGS. <laughs> yeah. so. Thomas, we'll come out and we'll do a, we'll give you the notes or whatever. <laughs> Happy to share. But knowledge. it looked like it was really working because it was a freaking yeah. awesome bout. Both teams evenly matched and it was a lot of fun to watch as a fan. I can imagine how, how scary it would be going up against someone staring right back at you, pushing, and it's like, mm. oh, shit. Yeah, <laughs> that's the, the other thing we learned from Sarah was that you can get through a four wall as a jammer. Yeah. You can. Yeah. Like, so, and that's and knowing that you can. Even on training on Thursday, we were doing that. We were doing practice four walls, jammer breaking through. And at the end, Prilla just brought us in. We were wrecked and we are all like sweating like pedophiles in the playground. Just, just oh! <laughs> and she's just like, do you know what? Hands up who got through a four wall and like jammer hands came up and she's like, how amazing is that? That you can get through a four wall. And we were just like, oh makes a lot of sense and even we ran the same session for refreshes on friday and they were doing the exact same they were breaking them four walls because you sometimes you're so used to waiting for an assist or just thinking mm. about following someone through sometimes you're all, the, all for yourself yeah. and, and this floor you can is get a jammer's through. floor and so once yeah. you've got speed on your side you just push them out of play and you're like woohoo see ya <laughs> can't believe he's made up for us though that's a shame <laughs> oh, I, I, go, I go for roll derby. Story. I go for roll derby. But um, I mean, it was new coach, new faces in the team. It looks like a new dawn for Sydney roll derby, and I can't wait to see what's next. So thank you for eight o'clock. Thank you, Bacardi Brewers. It's fun. Thank you. Thank you, Villa Derby. I'll miss you guys. <laughs> Come back more. Of course, that's all for we got from Australia at the moment. But Mike Riot, you got the New Zealand recap. Let's hear that song. How many dudes you know roll like this? How many dudes you know flow like this? Not many, if any. Not many, if any. How many dudes you know got the skills to go and rock a show like this? Uh-uh, uh-uh. I don't know anybody. All right, results from the last couple of weeks. Um... Of course, New Zealand, uh, we've, we've had, uh, doesn't rain, but it pours type of effects, uh, with a whole lot of leagues, uh, getting to bouting experience this year. And so we went from, uh, there being sort of one game a weekend where everyone could travel and watch the other derby to, uh, to multiple clashes on the same night. So, uh, the first, the first day of that was April 14th with, uh, quite an epic amount of games, uh, kicking off with, uh, the, Taranaki Roller Corps, Rumble Bees taking on Swamp City's The Plague, which is Swamp City's A-team. result there was Swamp City taking it out 155 to TRC 63. Then up here in Auckland, Deading Derby's All-Scars from Christchurch took on Auckland Roller Derby League in the first first ever Auckland uh, home bout. And of course, Auckland, uh, Auckland uh, didn't disappoint their fans coming away with a 203-64 to 64 win over Dead End Derby's All-Scars. Then down down the road a little bit, uh, there was the Battle of the Bays at the Bay City Rollers home. This was a mini sort of uh, mini three-way tournament thing with 30-minute uh, bouts, and it saw Bay City, Bin City, and the K-Town Derby Rollers taking on each other. In the first game, Bay City came out and beat Bin City 94-53. to Then Bin City took on the K-Town Derby Dolls and beat them 102-54. to And then Bay City finished the night off taking on K-Town and beating them 88-44. to I believe uh, this was... Uh, the first time that these teams had played each other, so it was, it was good to see that... Uh, the near neighbours are starting to get some uh, uh, interleague play happening down that end of the country. 
Of course, also on the 14th, Richter City's intra-league uh, season started with um, a, re- a rematch from last year's final, seeing Smash Malice taking on Comic Slams. Smash Malice taking out the win there, 115-107, to 107, so real close game there, and I think that uh, bodes well for a real tight season down there in Richter City, which, uh, which is always a lot of fun to get along and watch. Also on the 14th, uh, the Mount Militia Derby crew had a couple of games down at uh, at their place there in Tauranga. It was the Northern Nightmares taking on the Dangerous Curves, which Curves, sorry, which are Mount Militia's A team, and the Hell's Wives from Northern Nightmares uh, took out that one, 160 to 81. And in the curtain raiser, it was River City, which is from Wanganui. Uh, taking on Mount Militia Derby Crew's uh, Violent Femmes, which is their B team. And it was the Violent Femmes 85 over River City's 57. Great to see River City, a league that's been around less than a year, get out there and, uh, and uh, you know, start start playing some games. Good to see. Then we move on to the 21st of April, just this past weekend, uh, another weekend with a bunch of games around the country. Down in Palmerston North, there was Rastak at Swamp City, which was another um, another double header. Seeing the Poison Ivies taking on River City, Poison Ivies being Swamp City's B team taking on River City, um, and Poison Ivies winning that one, two hundred and seventy-eight to one hundred and eleven. And then the Plague, Swamp City's A team taking on the Dangerous Curves, and the Plague pulled out a win 112 to 62. So it was a good night for both Swamp City's teams down in their home venue down there. Also, Boomtown, uh, the Boomtown Broilets took on the Sirens of Smash, uh, and that was another fairly close game with the Sirens of Smash taking that one out 137 to 103. And here in Auckland, uh, Pirate City Rollers intra-league season kicked off with Dead Reckoning taking on Mascara Massacre. What an amazing game this was. Mascara Massacre 130 to Dead Reck 73. This is a win four years in the making. The first time ever Mascara Massacre has beaten Dead Reck. They were super happy. Team captain uh, Skate the Mus, who, uh, sk- who had skated her career with Dead Rick. She had moved over to Mascara this year, and she she obviously was a big factor in Mascara pulling off this win, and it's great to see it. There's some former Mascara uh, members in the crowd, like Sparkle and that, who uh, who had been there the long the long wait for that elusive win over Dead Rick, and it was uh, it was well worth the wait. A great game, and uh, and we had a lot of fun in the crowd watching that. So uh, well done to Mascara Massacre. This is going to set up a great intra-league season at Pirate City. And that's that's all for the New Zealand leagues. Of course, I have to thank Nerdy Perfect and nzrollerdebyscores.blogspot.co.nz for um, having all this information at hand for me. Of course, if any league uh, in New Zealand wants to send me their results or their upcoming events, you can send me to my new fancy Viva La Derby email, Mike Riot at vivaladerby.com. 
We mentioned the last episode that there's been a lot of international travellers coming down to the Southern Hemisphere, New Zealand, and of course Australia. One of the bigger names in roller derby coming to Sydney most recently is of course Sarah Heipel, aka Killbox. She put on a couple of boot camps in the last few weeks, and we actually got a chance to have an interview done, not by ourselves this time, Gnomes. This is no. friendly helpers of the show. Yeah, Lending a helping hand. Yeah, um, uh, Cotchless uh, Monster got on Facebook and was like, oh, you know, writing down notes at the Killbox camp. And I quickly sent her a Facebook going, get me an interview. And I didn't think she would. I didn't even think she would get the freaking message. But that night she rang me up and goes, oh, I've, I've left it to Impure Blonde and Killer B. So I went, okay, sweet. And they did it. And they said it was great and she was really willing to talk. So that's really, really good for us. <laughs> yeah, so we want to send a big thank you to Impure Blonde, Killer B. My wife. Um, <laughs> and of course, Cockless Monster, all from S2D2, doing a phenomenal job on the interview. Look like they might actually take our jobs a little bit. But no. thank you, Blonde. Thank you, Killer V. Have a listen to the interview now, Sarah Heipel. So, this is Killer V and Impure Blonde um, chatting with Killbox following an intense um, but amazing um, derby all day session. First of all, you've been here for a little while now. I have. Um, what have you? What struck you about derby in Australia so far? Um, I think the the biggest thing about derby in Australia, um, it was this time and last time I came, are the the skating skills, like the skating level. Roller skating really died off in America, and I understand it did in Australia too, but I don't think it was to the same degree. So even the officials and the skaters come in, like enter at such a high level of skating that it's, uh, it's I think, a little bit different than America, a little bit harder to wrap your head around. Like you come and see people with their plates mounted short forward that don't have toe stops, that like know about all their gear and are very well versed in roller skating is a, is a bigger is a um, more pervasive in the culture of Australia. I think that's the main thing that you have such a good foundation to start building in your country that it's it's like leaps and bounds is how quickly I think Australia will grow. Great. Okay. Well, we actually come from quite a new league. We just um, started up in January. Any advice then for how we can all get up to speed and and survive as a league? I well. League survival is a big question. I would say, like, structuring your league is so important. Researching other structures, you know, are people using, you know, find out about steering committees, board of director structures, like, how you'll structure, will you have pillars, what are your main focuses, are you going to be non-profit, community-based, for-profit, etc. But just for, like, also investing in your officials, sending them to training, seeing everyone grow together even though they kind of need to grow in their own branch but making sure that they have track time and resources so that they can grow will make your playing a lot better but then just in terms of skating if you can go to speed skating speed skating is all the difference it's physical conditioning working out in the gym like becoming physically fit and really savvy on your skates is the first major step yeah Okay, and you have obviously been playing for years. Is there? Could you even pick a single highlight, or is it all just one big fat highlight? Oh shit! Of my life? Oh my god! Of um, the, your derby? Yeah, right. Um, I think the best moment of my derby life was probably winning um, our home league championship in the overtime bow as the jammer. And it makes me almost want to cry thinking about it. Uh, there was, like, all the fans were on the straightaway. And I basically had known that I scored enough points probably to, to 
um, when that my team was probably going to be victorious. My team did an excellent job holding defense. They just made me look good. It was awesome. And I went and stood like in the crowd because it was a bunch of like boyfriends of friends that I knew and everything. And I stood in the crowd. And we all stood with like our arms together and watched the score like tally up on the scoreboard until our team won. And everyone just like it was totally sold out capacity oh, wow. and everyone erupted and it was pretty sweet. That's awesome. Yeah, it was a good moment. It was a good moment. I love the fans of Detroit, so it was really cool. They were like definitely a part of like our family of roller derby, so it was good to like spend that like it's only like ten seconds or something, but it was like slow motion. <laughs> that's great. Well, that's the highlight. Is there anything um, that you still at your level struggle with, or anything you're thinking today you really need to go home and work on? Yeah, I definitely need to not go to the penalty box. That would be super <laughs> sweet. It's a good start. Yeah, um, I just got toe stops too recently, so all this like toe stop work and pushing is new to me. I kind of missed like a year of the scrum start by not having toe stops, by trying to duck walk my way through that. It was just as much as I really advocate taking your toe stops off and truly learning how to skate, stopping, mm-hmm. starting, all these things that you become over-dependent on your toe stop. I'm glad I committed to it for like three years, but putting them back on was like my play, and I don't want to sound, I don't mean to sound like a dick, but like my play level increased by like an exponent, almost like right when I put them back on. It was almost like shocking. I was like, holy shit, I can get right through the scrum start now. Um, so yeah, there's so much to work on. Like there's never, it, there's always so much to work on. There's always somebody who's like so much better than you or teams of people. And so working on my fitness also is a big thing. I'm trying to lose a bit of weight and like become really fit and Oh my God, there's almost always so much to work on that it's like overwhelming. You don't even know sometimes where to start because there's yeah. so much amazingness to try to catch up to. Yeah, that's we know definitely. that feeling. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but picking one thing, you know, and sticking with it, I think is good. Fitness has always been kind of one that like I build on, I try to build on every year. So it's like something I can kind of control and watch the measured growth of and then learning like to work on my toe stops, you know, or to stay the hell out of the penalty box or whatever. Um, one thing at a time, I think, helps to mm. narrow your focus. That's it. It can be all-encompassing and overwhelming. And, and it can be. If you try to work on too much, it's good to, like, if you're going to work on, like, say, jumping or something, like, to do it for, like, a month. To do, like, all your plyo or agility, maybe even longer than a month, but mm. to really focus on your areas of growth so you're not spreading yourself too thin, trying to, like, improve on everything at once is just crazy-making, you know? Thanks for having me. Yes, oh man, I love the Australian Derby community. It is my favorite trip. You know, every every time I come, it's like the best part of my year. I absolutely love to be here. One of my best friends is Sideshow, so I love to like come and see your beautiful country and see how quickly y'all improve because it's crazy. (laughs) The ladies that played in the Gold Coast little pickup scrimmage we had, some of them were the same exact ladies from like nine months ago and they were completely different players. They were so efficient and effective and intelligent and like the growth rate is just so awe-inspiring. I don't know that people in the U.S. fully have a grasp on that, that Mm. like at the world level, Australia could be very competitive in a very short time and... I am so happy to be able, it's just humbling to be able to be a part of it, and I'm really thankful. Well, I think that's a major part of why Australia's improving so much is because we have people like you coming out and and teaching us. Yeah, you guys are really smart about, we were actually talking about that in the car ride, about having coaches come for, like, weeks. You know, Mm. typically if I coach something, it's, like, you know, for a day or two, or, what you know, like a weekend, but Mm. having coaches come for two weeks and do ten trainings really 
build one you can build on things you can mm. introduce concepts and kind of build them out as you go but then it just helps to really set a foundation for like when we had strategy discussion for like the tone of your gameplay what will your overarching goals be how will you transition not just from offense to defense but you know shifting tactics and tone like it really helps to get a comprehensive perspective from a person to have them for a long time so i think australia is very intelligent on that approach to it great all right we won't take up any more time thank you so much now this is a bit of an interview heavy episode of viva la derby but i hope you're not complaining because i got a chance recently to meet with gunther hang one-on-one mano e mano to talk about that sense of man on man doesn't it yes in in espanol ish <laughs> i think it stands for man on man in american movie genre language (laughs) (laughs) yes so i I got a chance to chat with gunther about his upcoming art show um he's he's long been dedicating a lot of his time to taking photos of roller derby people the lovely ladies in portraits and the dude is a talented artist a little bit of a man crush on g money here no homo but (laughs) let, let me just quickly read out a little bit of his spiel from his event an exhibition of 18 large color photographs that uniquely capture the raw energy of the world's fastest growing female sport, women's flat track roller derby. These images showcase derby and all its spectacle for the very first time in Australia. With more than 70 leagues across the country, roller derby is a rapid-paced, full-contact team sport requiring speed, strategy, and athleticism. Shot around Australia over 14 months, the exhibition showcases a community of strong, confident, everyday women deeply dedicated to an incredible sport. These stoic portraits celebrate their dynamic sport in all the diversity and color and and he's actually got a gallery that he's going to be putting his exhibition on in sydney starting from the 3rd of may through to the 14th opening is of course the 3rd of may if you want more information go to guntherhang.com or hit him up on facebook you'll find all the details there you can get a media release etc but have a listen to the interview i had with him for viva la derby this is the big kahuna and i'm very glad to be joined today on a pretty pretty beautiful afternoon by a good friend of Viva Derby, a good friend of mine. Um, now, I've always called you Gunther, but you were saying before Gunther. Yeah, it's actually um, <laughs> pronounced Gunther, but I've kind of grown accustomed to calling um, Gunther, especially from all my um, friends I grew up with. So, um, and then I've only kind of really kind of said it's actually Gunther. <laughs> Later on in my professional life, I guess it's a bit more, um, what's the word? Uh, exotic. <laughs> well, I apologise because no, I've always said Gunther, but I, I want to get people's names right, especially because, you know, we're in audio formats. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> All fine. we do is rely on people's names. That's fine. I guess it's, yeah, we're a little bit Western in that. <laughs> Calling people Gunther. But the reason why we're here today is to do a little, little short interview or to talk about an upcoming exhibition you have. Yes, uh, I've got an exhibition coming up in, well, it'll be uh, five days now, so it'll be on the Thursday the 3rd of May, um, and opening night is uh, from 6 to 9pm, and it runs at Sun Studios uh, in Alexandria, so um, everyone's more than welcome to turn up, um, and it features 18 large colour photographs, um, yeah, and it's in, held in, um, yeah, like I said, um, Alexandria, and it goes to the 14th of May, um, there's also an artist talk, of mine um, that happens in the same venue on the 13th at one o'clock okay now anyone who listens to the show knows that I'm a big fan of your work and I've always sort of been a bit of a fan when said that you take these great photos so let's backtrack a little bit sure sure how did you get into Derby 
Well, so my origin story is, is obviously something I always ask that question to all my all the people I photograph. Um, I kind of... Well, basically what I did was I finished a series of work um, and that was on, like, portraits on swing dancers, which I'm another, obviously, a fan of. And, um, and I also dance as well. Um, so I had this quiet moment where I was like, what am I going to do next? And I turned the TV on and I've got cable and funny enough I saw my friend who is on this roller derby program someone to do with the ABC and I was just so confused about what this subculture about and what roller derby was about I had to call up and say what is this what is roller derby can you explain to me and I, I need to know more about it so that kind of sparked my interest in roller derby and she just gave me a number two uh, for Sydney roller derby league and so I just followed that up, and they invited me, I guess, with open arms. So that's how it all started. And this was when? Uh, it was before my first bout. So obviously, my first bout was in July 2010. So it would have been, obviously, June, I think, okay. June of 2010. Can I just... I just want to point out for our listening audience here. <laughs> Gunther, despite his name, Gunther Hang. Yeah. Asian guy. Asian guy, yeah. Named Gunther. Yeah. Who swing dances. True. True story. And likes roller derby. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an international man of mystery, as they say. I love it. And love I've, it. I've got to point out also to our listeners that we're sitting in a car park. We are. It's a very beautiful afternoon <laughs> in uh, at the front of an abandoned Clive Peters <laughs> at the crossroads. Um, yeah. It, but it's quiet. Yeah, it's, uh, and that's the most important thing is it, it's quiet. And, it's uh, quiet. Yeah. There's no kind of uh, ambient feedback, which is great. Because yeah. we were going to be at the pub, and that was a bit... Too difficult, so... We had lunch yeah. at the pub, so that was all right, uh, Yeah, it's good. Good state. Um, so, but you're a professional photographer? Yes, uh, a professional com- um, commercial and portrait photographer who lives in Sydney, works in Sydney. Um, yeah. And then you went to a roller derby bout. Obviously, you picked your interest and you decided, I have to shoot this phenomenal sport? Yeah, I... The, the first um, experience of roller derby was, was just really awesome. I mean... When I got set up in the little corner, back of the Horn of Berlin, mm. um, I had all these girls lining up, and I was just really intrigued about their costume, and and um, just, I don't know, I had no idea what Roller Derby was about, so I'd never seen a match, and they all came to me, and from the first moment I photographed um, um, Great Balls of Fire, who's also in the exhibition, I just thought, my God, this is just such an interesting subculture, um, I need to hang out more with these people and find out what the sport's about, rather than just, obviously about the skaters themselves but what the sport was about so and that also piqued my um knowledge and obviously interest in the whole whole community which you know the community as we both know is quite rich mm. uh, and that's what kind of led me to begin this exhibition so it was very pretty much early on um i knew there was something that i never seen in i'd never seen anything on the web especially about roller derby some decent i guess portraits and that's my kind of speciality doing portraits so i really wanted to hang hang out and you know, get to know the community a bit better to um, show really um, an honest portrayal of what roller derby and the people are about. And you mentioned that obviously the subculture of roller derby is quite rich and it's obviously welcomed you with all yeah. the and you've kind of embraced the whole subculture as well. Yeah, look. Rather uh, than just photographing from the yeah, outside. Exactly. Like, look, of, like it, it's easy to be, what's the word, you can take a very narrow viewpoint um, when you invite to these, these bouts and to be so you can walk in, take your shots, and then go. It's like, where's the emotional depth that you need to you need to be at to take really interesting 
and honest pictures and I think to actually immerse myself in a culture that's where all the great photographs come from so you have to be um, uh, it's the word empathetic mm-hmm. um, to what your to your subjects and to the community and that's how you can kind of figure out what portraits or what pictures you're going to take from that so, so do you feel that if like I'll just say that you're actually sitting here wearing a Ghost Points shirt. Yeah. You get to you get to the bouts. You, True. You are an honorary member of um, honorary Sydney, Sydney Rollers Derby League, I guess. Yeah. So do you think if you didn't immerse yourself in that way, it, your photos might not have been as effective, or your work might not have been um, as effective? No, not necessarily. I, I mean, the thing how I photograph a subject is I also you know I have a conversation and get to know them a bit better. Um, any photographer can do that, and anyone can obviously go into a new situation and come away with good photographs. But yes, for me, you need to be immersed in a culture and to understand your subjects a bit better to get better photographs. That's what I believe in. Okay, and I've actually seen you very briefly mm. while taking some of your portraits. Um, what's your process like? Because it doesn't you, you don't like them to be posed necessarily. You don't want them with their pre-bout yeah. makeup and everything. Yeah, yeah. I, I think, you know... Um, you know, and I've obviously, this comes from my design background. I study design, and I've kind of, you know, I've kind of been told to justify every decision making in my image making process. Um, so, yeah, initially at the first bout, that was really hard. It was just being in a new environment and trying not to get people before about. Um, but you know, this relative is about spectacle as well, um, and then I, I didn't really think about that until later. Um, but I've really kind of focused on getting people after about. When they're all kind of tired, exhausted, and they kind of lose that whole, for me, um, what's the word? Those layers of if you're pretentious or that those other layers, mm-hmm. and when you get down to that, after about they're totally exhausted. So you're at, I guess for me, um, basically their true self. So I can actually engage and chat to them, and I think that's where that's the best time to shoot. I think for me, for doing these portraits. Okay. Now, you mentioned that your first bout was July 2010. Yeah. We're now in April, coming up to May <laughs> 2012. So, yeah. 22 months. Yeah, 22 months. Dedicated to, to leading up to this exhibition. Yeah, 22 months. I mean, look, it, I just stumbled across this um, subculture, and I'm greatly um, indebted to the Sydney Roller Derby League. Obviously, I'm one of their official photographers. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, been, it's been a great ride, and for me, a great experience to actually know the culture and know the sport. Um, but actual shooting time is, um, like on the media release, it's 14 months. So I've kind of taken bout by bout mm-hmm. and put them all together, and that gives you a cumulative sum of 14 months. But, sure. but yeah, it has right. been yeah, off, it's off season. But but you're right, 22 months is an awful lot of time to kind of think about roller derby. So obviously in that period of time, and you've travelled for it, you've yeah you've taken yeah Adelaide, Adelaide, you've gone up to Brisbane. Brisbane um, um, Mainly just around Sydney. Yeah. Um, but yeah, hoping to. Obviously, Newcastle down yeah, to Newcastle. Wollongong, everywhere yeah. around here and in Canberra. Yeah, yeah true. So, true. over 14 months or 22 months, depending how you look at it, and that many leagues, that many skaters, how hard was it to whittle down all those photos to choose what was going to make the exhibition? Oh, wow, that's a really interesting question. Um, Is it like picking a favourite child? <laughs> it is. Well, it's not that bad because I haven't <laughs> had a child. But, um,. Yeah, I, I think um, most photographers can get too caught up in in their own viewpoint. So I've kind of, 
and my friends, one of my good friends who has basically created the show and has helped me out a lot in my career, um, she's helped me out basically by editing these photographs. So, like, I had a lot of say in the images I wanted in the show, um, but she, I kind of basically gave her, obviously, all the decision making I could just so I could stand outside of my own work and so she could see how everything works together uh-huh. so she could make a very solid effort into making a great show or great body of work so um, yeah I was very happy to lay off that responsibility I guess of <laughs> choosing those images but um, look um, some images that I really liked didn't make it in um, but as you see, if you come basically on Thursday till the 14th of May um, hopefully you'll see a really strong body of work which which is what I wanted to basically be at. Okay. So, giving that control to someone else, that you've obviously invested your heart and soul into these images, was that difficult going, no, but this one's good. Like It, it was, yeah, look, we... You obviously, there are obviously some photos yeah. not in the exhibition that are really high quality, yeah. but it's about building a one singular body of work. True, true. I mean, there are a lot of images that I would love to have had, but um, they just didn't make in, but... Look, like I really respect the the idea of editing and um, being photographers. Yeah, like I said, you can get too close to work, and you need someone who's not in your own frame of mind to um, select those images for you. Mm-hmm. Um, most good photo editors do that anyway. I mean, like on a shot, on usually shoots at the end of the day, you give your um, your photo editor just everything. You give them the selects, and they they pick and choose. But most of the time. They'll pick stuff up that, that you didn't even like, because right. that fits their context. So the context for me was a strong body of work, and basically, yeah, that's where we are today. Well, that's what's going to happen on th- Thursday. Now I've been privileged enough to see some of the photos that I make <laughs> it into the show. A little bit of a sneak peek for 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 me. Um, I love them. Like, oh, thanks, mate. They're great. Thanks. So, how many photos are we going to see on the day? There are 18. Um, I, I did have a. <laughs> I, w- I was thinking about actually, sh- you know, shooting another uh, about event, obviously this weekend okay. in Wollongong, but that would be too close to call to to consider that, you know, I have to go back to my my friend and and see if these images are right for the show, and obviously re- you know a bit of retouching that takes time, and then printing um, that takes time. So um, yeah, it's probably not a good idea to go and shoot another one. Like you know, this, this basically the whole series was. Uh, finished last year, at the end of last year, um, I had an idea that um, like this year, I, I wasn't sure of uh, Sydney Roller, D- Roller W League's schedule, so I wanted to make sure that I had enough in the can of last year to have a show, a complete mm-hmm. show. So, yeah. Okay, because I don't, I don't think people realise like how much work actually goes into producing a really good photo like I've yeah. seen you go to bouts and you're carrying about 18 <laughs> different things and like it must weigh a ton yeah and you have to set up your lights and set up the backdrop and do all that sort of thing yeah and sometimes all we see is like a finished a, image a click it's, it's literally just a click and then it ends up on Facebook or it ends up yeah, wherever and people yeah. go okay well that was easy but there's yeah. a lot of work going into it, especially putting on an exhibition like this you've got yeah. these huge prints 91 centimeters I think you said yeah that's so the size of them so. what's the after process once these girls sort of stand in front of you and bear their photographic soul yeah um, <laughs> what, what goes on after that well I mean 
like I said, the, you know, the time of choosing a place um, is very important to me. And obviously, some nights through experience of the 22 months, I've come come away with 30 images at times. Okay. That's the least amount. Um, and, you know, once you know you got the image, you've got it. Um, but you know, it's better to pursue and keep um, keep shooting more, so you've got a bit more of a range to shoot, uh, to pick or edit with. Um, but that, yeah, it, it's just not about shooting one image. You have to shoot a lot to get the one. Mm. And obviously, collating all the images down to the 18 select images—that's a, it's a lot of frames. Yeah. You know, like considering I went to, um, and obviously, traveling as well, getting onto airplanes, just all that. It's just, it's quite physically tiring, and um, I'm quite exhausted. Uh, and it just takes away from my experience sometimes of actually enjoying the sport I do, which I love to sit down and just hang out with. But um, yeah, there's lots of stuff to have to think about, especially for an exhibition. Um, but yeah, the editing process, um, people don't realise how much work there is. I mean, someone did ask me uh, how many frames I've taken for this exhibition, and I went, wow, I couldn't answer that. Like, that could be how many? God, so say for instance, maybe 100 frames a night, um, that's minimum. Uh, honestly, I can't say it's such... So if this were in the world of... Um film yeah you, you would have spent a lot of money on all yeah that. look um th- there is a monetary value i can place on the event um oh, sorry on the on the project and it's a lot of time investment and it's obviously it's it's quite <laughs> it's quite draining but you know like the experience for me to actually come up with a select and a very strong body work that's a reward mm. i think that's what i look forward to and i hope people can walk away on the night and say wow that that image there has kind of obviously i can relate to that and if, I, if they can do that, if they come away, come away with a smile, I've obviously, that's my job. That's what I'm supposed to do as a photographer is to obviously create images that people can be sympathetic to, you know. And for me, I really want to respect the participants of roller derby and especially the community. And, um, yeah, hopefully you can all walk away with it with a smile on your face. Yeah. Well, I know, um, I mean, such a lot of work has gone into it and the photos that you come up with... Um, they are different. They're unique. There, there seems to be, and we've we've talked on Facebook mm. before about. I was, and I try to get all arty and <laughs> that's trying, all right. to, trying to analyze it that's as best right. as I can. Yeah. But I, I'm not. But I've said to you before that there's, I don't know. There's this rawness that comes out. Like you get these girls that, are, I wouldn't say angry, but I mean they're they're athletes. They're hitting. Yeah. They're they're playing a physical sport. Mm. Sometimes they're wearing quite scary makeup or yeah. something, but you kind of get this um, fragility that's yeah. there, this yeah. this honestness. I think that is really oh, thanks, really mate. cool yeah. to capture. Yeah, I mean that's the whole like when I first kind of said to myself, "Oh, this is a great subject matter. I can get something really good." I wanted to kind of differentiate myself away from the other photographers. So the idea of that is to obviously look at what your competitors are doing and mm-hmm. to come up with a new viewpoint. So uh, my viewpoint was to, to grab people at a certain time and to actually, yeah, show respect and, and try and show this honesty in roller derby girls, which you don't see on the net. Most of it's quite posed and, I don't know, you can, I've seen images of people in, on a white background and I thought, that just doesn't make sense. You're taking the subject away from their environment. That's not, for me, a real mm. honest portrayal. So that's what I've tried to do is pay respect by shooting them on location after about. Um, I really wanted to... For me, it's really important to be honest and to show this rawness of roller derby. And obviously, this rawness, um, which I love, um, 
is obviously reflected in the way I've set up the images on the exhibition walls. So I haven't framed them. I've only framed them in camera and obviously as a print, mm-hmm. as a border around the print. Um, but they're actually framed up by magnets. So okay. they're not in a frame. There's no uh, there's no impediment to the image. So when you see the image, that's the rawness I want you to feel, uh, to, to see. So um, yeah, there'll be 18 <laughs> strong portraits hopefully hopefully you'll see um but yeah that's what i'm interested in is the the honesty and um the rawness of what roller derby is about because you know the media really does play on this one angle let's talk about the violent nature of roller derby and that's it and for me it's like well what you're missing you're missing about you're missing what's behind that the people behind it and that's really important to what makes a, a subculture so that's what i really wanted to deal with yeah. um in this roller derby portrait or well, project I mean, I've seen some amazing pho- photographs out there of roller derby that are very slick, very yeah. amazing, almost Annie Leibovitz yeah. kind of like yeah. that polished look. Polished, yeah. And it's it's cool, like it yeah, looks it really great. But you've just got something completely different where there's a look in your subject's eye, or they're yeah. they're looking off camera a lot of the time. They're That's not true. looking at the camera at all. I mean, the one of one of the ones that I love of, of Mocha. Mocha, yeah, that was um, awesome. Mocha Killing Bird that made it onto the front cover of Ham. Yeah, true. true. Is almost like mid-action, kind of, she's lifting the two fingers yeah. up, which is great. I know, yeah, that was so a really good shot. that whole trying to capture them when they're not necessarily expecting it, almost? Yeah, I mean, yeah, the idea of not being posed is very important to me. You don't pose, you obviously pose a little amount to get the right, obviously, the right um, angle and stuff like that for a better portrait. Um but uh, yeah, the, the one of Mocha that was a real kind of moment for me when I saw the image. Mm-hmm. Like I, I like as I said before, sometimes I walk away with only a few images. And that um, shoot with Mocha, I was down there for the Eastern Eastern, Eastern, Eastern region, regions. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I kind of been struggling this way of obviously um, making my image making a bit more, obviously better than what I expected. But um, yeah, and once I shot, I think maybe 12 frames of her, I went, oh my god. This is this is the next ev- evolution of my project, so that, that's what I kind of kind of tried to do in the next past six months is try that kind of look. Um, but yeah, it's like you know when you start a project, you have little bits um, like a basic a basic canvas, mm-hmm. and then you try and streamline it to a really fine um, brushstroke, I guess. So, um, but I'm always trying to evolve my um, my image making, and also I guess you know with the subject matter. It's a it's a really great subject matter to shoot shoot with. So now one of the things I asked leading up to this talk today was, um, are prints going to be available for sale? Uh, yes, they're available for sale. They're printed on um, an acid-free. I think it's called um, Canson Brighter Paper. It's like 310 GSM. I don't know if you mm-hmm. people understand um, would want to understand. It's thick paper. It's very thick paper, but um, yeah, it's museum quality paper. So a normal. Yeah. A4 bit of paper that you get in like ream or whatever is mm. I think a 90 GSM. 90 GSM. Yeah. So 310 GSM yeah. is it's almost cardboard. It's like thick. Yeah, it's thick. Like it's museum quality, mm-hmm. so it's archival print. Okay. So th- these prints will last a long time. Yeah. Okay. Well, if anyone wants to actually pick up a really great piece of work, piece of art to to have on your wall of a sport that you love, um, 
Gunter Hang is taking some amazing work, and he's going to have this exhibition coming up on May 3. Whereabouts? Uh, it's at Sun Studios Australia in uh, 42 Maddox Street, uh, Alexandria. And if they want more information about it? Uh, just um, email me, um, uh, gunterhang uh, at mac.com, or just go to my website, um, and you can find some information there. It's um, obviously www.gunterhang.com, so G-U-N-T-H-E-R and H-A-N-G dot com. Excellent. I can't wait to get out there on Thursday night. There's going to be a little talk from Great Balls of Fire of Sydney Roller Derby League. Yeah, yeah. I've, um, I'm not a very good talker myself, so, um, yeah, I've gone... Well, basically, um, I wanted someone to open the event, um, and I felt it was really important from someone from the Derby community to say a few words. Because um, I'm just, obviously, a photographer. Yeah. But I think I'm shooting someone from... I'm shooting the community, I only felt it was only respectful to someone to actually open it from the community itself. And you can use the whole line of, you know, my photo speak for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can. I can. Oh, I'm not dreading the, uh, we'll have to say a few things. I've got a talk on the 13th at 1 o'clock at the same venue. So what's that involve? Oh, I just basically, it's um, um, just me talking about my process and... Okay how I shoot the images. It's it's basically like the whole exhibition was picked at the time because the head on festival is on. So that's a month long public event just on photography in Sydney. So the whole idea is to obviously uh, engage with another audience and to show what Roller Derby is about. Excellent. So l- lifting up the sport of Roller Derby I guess into like we've been struggling to get the sport into the mainstream but yeah. now we're actually delving into the art world as well which yeah. I really appreciate I love your work I Thanks, can't mate. wait to get Thank out you. there and see it on the night I know that everyone that does get there is going to be super impressed with what you've been able to accomplish in the last uh, 22 months Yeah, so I'm sure going forward they can't wait to see what's next as well yeah there, look there's going to be another evolution I think in my photography um, just thinking about how I start this year I guess um, but yeah looking forward to that but um, thanks for the um <laughs> yeah, can't wait. Interview. But um, I'd yeah, like to thank, obviously, Viva La Derby Podcast for supporting me. I'm very happy that they're uh, one of our sponsors. We're happy to be a sponsor. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks good to yeah, Thank good you. Day. Cheers. Hi, I'm Sarah Heibel, and you're listening to Viva La Derby. That, of course, brings us to upcoming bouts. This is what's going on in Roller Derby in your neck of the woods coming very soon. We're going to start with April 27, Friday night bout. We've got the Convict City Rollers up against South Island Sirens. They're calling this bout the Southern Slaughter. It's going to be a double header, which, again, is an Interra League bout. We haven't seen them a lot in the past, but they seem to be a bit of the soup du jour. So we're going to have Convict City Rollers home teams, the Deadly Night Slays and the Femmes Brutale take on the South Island Sirens home teams, Hell's Bells, and the Maltesers. That's Friday, April 27th, 2012, at Aurora Stadium. Then on April 28th, the next day, over in New South Wales, we've got Wollongong Illawarra Roller Derby's Game 2 of the season, the Bold and the Bruised. They're going to be going up against the Queen Bees from Victoria Roller Derby League. And anyone who might hear this before then, if it comes out, you're going to have a very special announcer for that bout. You. That'd be me. On um, the same night in Victoria, south of the border, South Sea Roller Derby have their intra-league bout, the Cutthroat Charmers, up against the Dolly Rogers. Interesting point about this one, the, la- the first bout they had for the year, Brawlesque, was actually streamed live by fans of Derby. And they're doing it again for this time, this one. So if, you want, if you're anywhere near the interwebs and you can't get to... Um, 
Victoria to watch South Sea Roller Derby. You can actually catch it online via Fans of Derby. And now, special announcement, DNN. So they've actually got a, a, a relationship now with DNN. So anyone around the world can get on DNN and actually view a home bout from South Sea Roller Derby. How freaking cool is that? That's pretty sweet. So on May 5th, over in um, our nation's capital, the ACT, Canberra Roller Derby League, Vice City Rollers, going up against um, the Newcastle Dockyard Dames. Good luck, Dames. Absolutely. That one, of course, is called Dirty Jamming. <laughs> with a, a bit of a dirty dancing theme going on. Not my cup of tea, but very popular with the ladies. Hopefully there will be some kind of back and forth dancing on a log over some water kind of thing. <laughs> I, I I just hope that they put the penalty box in the corner. In the corner. Oh! Oh! <laughs> Boom! Topical uh, reference. You win this podcast, Mike Riot. You win this podcast. You know what? One thing that always struck me about Dirty Dancing when you look back at it, and it seemed to happen a lot with, like, 80s movies and stuff, for some random reason, it's a movie about dancing, and they have to have this awkward B-plot about abortion. Yeah. Why? Because they were already trying to scare people into having safe sex. The AIDS epidemic was happening in the 80s, early 90s, and they were already trying to scare people into, oh my God, she's a teenage slut, don't have sex. Abortions. Homemade abortions, all in yep. Dirty Dancing, the yep. the feel-good movie of the 80s that made women want to dance. It was fucking huge. It was like the biggest movie ever. It was like the first movie I ever brought on Blu-ray. <laughs> but it but it actually surprised me. Ever bought on Brulee like what a year ago? <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> I just got a I just got a Blu-ray player. I'm really excited. <laughs> but, but if you go through a lot of old '80s movies, there's always some form of abortion or some really heavy, deep shit in the middle of a comedy or a light-hearted movie. I don't yeah. know why, but that's what they did. Anyway, that's my geeky stuff getting overboard as well. But May 6th, uh, Adelaide Roller Derby leading up to the Great Southern Slam. Hearst, they're having their third home bout of the year. Mild Die Club up against the Wild Hearses. So, Holger, again, we need you. Come through, baby. <laughs> she's she's probably very busy with um, her little company she has going there. Quick peep to fourth minor. There you go. Well done. And on the 12th of May in the ACT, we have Canberra um, Roller Derby League once again on their home season. The Sur- Surly Griffins going up against the uh, Black and Blue Bells. That same night, Reef City Roller Girls Cane Sugars up against Monsoon Maidens. Saturday, May 12th, sees Sydney Roller Derby League for their next bout of the year, their second bout of 2012. This is going to be a doubleheader. We're going to see the first bout being Sydney Roller Derby League's future assassins going head-to-head. And then, of course, the main bout, which I am fascinated in terms, and I know you are too. We've heard rumblings of it, but it's all out there now. The assassins, so their travel team going to TGSS, the assassins that we all know and love, are taking on a team called the Eradicators. The best of the rest of New South Wales, the Eastern Region Roller Derby. So, I mean, that's probably going to be the like. So, we're, we're going to see Godzilla, Danger, Susie, Whoa. along with Janice, along with, you know. Janice, Janice and Godzilla, I actually, I want to show, their, I believe they're co captaining that team. So, already you've got like two, you know, two of the biggest names in, you know, for Newcastle and um, Wollongong heading up that team. It's just going to be huge. I'm just intrigued to know 
one, who they've picked for this team, and two, how they how the rest of New South Wales stands up against the Assassins. I, you know, I think the Assassins are going to be great, as always. We said they've just, you know, they've been looking amazing. But I really hope the rest of New South Wales brings it together and, you know, makes them fight for it. I want, I want to see them win. Yeah, of course, I don't think this includes Canberra because they do have a home bout that same night. Yes. But the fact that you've got Newcastle, Wollongong, Hard, all contributing to this team, mm-hmm. you're going to see the likes of Godzilla blocking for Manic Bullet. Janice blocking for danger. I love it. I love the idea, and the assassins are going to take them on May 12 at Homebush. Yep, it's going to be sick. Get your tickets. And on the 19th of May, over in New, New South Wales, we've got Newcastle Roller Derby League's third bout. Um, the Harbour Hellcats taking on the Fort Smashleys. Come on, bring it home, Smashleys. I know you guys can do it. Now, of course, we're going to throw to our friend Scribe again. Let's hit it, Mike Riot. How many dudes you know roll like this? How many dudes you know flow like this? Not many, infinity, not many, infinity. How many dudes you know got the skills to go and rock a show like this? Uh-uh, uh-uh, I don't know anybody. Thank you. Uh, of course, here in New Zealand, as I said, uh, we are in uh, multiple ga- games on multiple days mode. So the fir- this is a bit of an anomaly. May 12th. Just one game, and that's uh, TRC taking on uh, Mount Militia Derby Crew, I believe. I'm not 100% sure if that's the A-teams or B-teams going at it, but uh, I believe it would probably be the A-teams, and that is in New Plymouth. On May the 19th, this is where we get into those uh, clashes again. It is the second bout of the Pirate City Rollers um, intra-league season. This is going to be an interesting game. This is Dead Reckoning um, taking on the returning Blackheart Bruisers. That's right, the Blackheart Bruisers disbanded after their after their win in 2008 and they're back this season for the first time since 2008 when they won the Black Dahlia Cup and they are taking on the opponents that they bet in that final dead reckoning this is sure to be an amazing game also on the 19th intraleague play down at richter city um again i haven't been sent the information which two teams are going at it i would imagine that it will be brutal pageant taking on either comic slams or smash malice so uh it'll be brutal pageants first game of the season uh, that will be another close bout down there in richter city also on Saturday, May the 19th, uh, New Zealand uh, Pirate City Rolls are proud to host Bonnie Destroyer putting on a boot camp, and that is open to anyone in New Zealand who wants to come along and learn from the absolute genius that is Bonnie Destroyer. And uh, you can get tickets at undertheradar.com for that. Just to type in Pirate City Rollers Bonnie Destroyer to get information about that. Of course, as I said earlier, if you want to get more information about what's happening in New Zealand to me, email me on mikeriot at vivaladurby.com. And in Australia, you can also hit us at podcastofvivaladurby.com. Make sure you check out rollerderbyau.net for all the bouts and information. And in New Zealand, it's rollerderbyscores.blogspot.co.nz. Thanks to Nerdy Perfect. Big Pimpin. Big Pimpin. Big Pimpin. Now, for the first time in Viva La Derby history, 
we're going to pimp ourselves out only. This is this is important to us. <laughs> now, I don't like doing this. It's not something that I want to do. Put put ourselves out there. Um, what are you talking about? You you're you're a pimp for life. You love this. <laughs> pimp for life. <laughs> well, you know the term big pimping. I think in this case, because it's it's me, it should probably be something like extra large pimping, something along those lines, or really big pimping. But um, size pimping. <laughs> but I'm pimping out people in Derby. Medium pimping, thank you. <laughs> Medium pimping. <laughs> um, I'm pimping out people in Derby because we want to get to the Great Southern Slam. Now, we are broke, broke-ass podcasters. Oh. Po, I think we oh. we can't even afford the R no. or the O-R because then it's just poo and it's weird. <laughs> so we po. But we want to get to Adelaide, we want to get into the festivities, and we want to podcast from, from the Great Southern Slam. If we get there, we're going to do a podcast daily, recapping all the information, all the bouts, all the shenanigans and fun that's happening in the Great Southern Slam. But to get there, we need some cash money. Show me the cash. <laughs> so, as much as I didn't necessarily want to do this, Viva La Derby now has a GoFundMe page. You can hit us up on our Facebook page or go to our website to see a link to GoFundMe. Or if you go to GoFundMe, obviously, GoFundMe.com and just search for Viva La Derby, you will find us there. But of course, because you know we feel so uncomfortable with just begging for money, we're actually going to give you something for it. So thanks to our p- proud sponsor, DerbySkates.com.au. Wayne, you're a freaking legend. Hi. Give, the rescue once again. <laughs> as always, our, our benefactor, he's given us a pair of Shore Grip Rebels to give away. Now, for every $5 donation that you make to our GoFundMe page, you get an entry into a draw to win these Shore Grip Rebels. Shore Grip Rebels are a great skate. Obviously, if you know them, you know how good they are. And every $5, you get an entry into that. You also get an exclusive podcast that we haven't done yet but we're going to record in the very near future that will only be available for those people that donate to our GoFundMe page so don't go on to GoFundMe sign your life away PayPal is obviously there but don't do it anonymously because we want your name we want to know who you are so that we can actually send you that podcast and we want you to have a draw an entry into our draw so of course five dollars to get a draw five dollars to get your podcast but if you say you donate twenty dollars you get four entries into the roller skates. Fifty dollars, you get ten. Hundred dollars, you get a kiss from me or something along those lines. Anyway, <laughs> not worth it. Not worth it. Just up to my wife. But <laughs> that's what we're doing. We're pimping ourselves. You truly ourselves out. just made this big pimping. It is big pimping. <laughs> 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 you know what else we're going to do? We're going to have our video camera. Mike Wright, you got your flip camera. We're going to have some backstage shenanigans going on at Viva La Derby. I don't like showing my face on camera, but we're going to do it for our listeners. So if you donate to our GoFundMe, we're going to have a whole bunch of exclusive stuff. Exclusive video, exclusive podcast, entry to the skates, all that if you donate $5 to our GoFundMe page. So there's going to be a lot of content that is otherwise not available. Exclusive, exclusive, exclusive. All for only $5 donation. Call <laughs> operators now. They're waiting for your call. Get on GoFundMe and help us get to the Great Southern Slam. You know, we, we, we want to give back to you. So we want to get there and make sure that we're covering all the all the bouts going on for our loyal listeners. Totally. We're, and we want to meet you guys. I Honestly, I mean, for me... I'm going to uh, TGSS anyway. It's uh, It was one of the big calendar points for me, and it would be great to actually meet uh, the Viva Little Derby crew live in person. I, I have not 
met you guys in the in the real world and this this for me would be awesome and i also i also love to meet any any of the viva la derby fans out there i'm always uh, happy to meet people who uh, enjoy what we do and uh, i i just love to talk about derby as uh, as people may know so uh, so definitely uh, make this happen and it's going to be a wonderful thing for derby in general Derby yeah. love, people. See, Derby why, love. why would you keep us apart? We want to meet Mike yeah. Riot in person. Get us there. Get together us there. We, together we make a wonderful podcast, babies. It's a beautiful thing. <laughs> we're, not, we're not asking for, you know, a million dollars. We just need accommodation, hey, 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 petrol. <laughs> That's all we want. It's not so all the, all the, low. I'm asking for a million dollars. All the Monty Burns out there. Don't stop. Give us your money. That's fine. <laughs> but if you don't have a million dollars lying around, five dollars is sufficient and you could win an awesome pair of skates and you'll also help Viva La Derby get to Adelaide, which is a massive deal. It's the biggest event on the Australian and New Zealand roller derby calendar for the year and probably you know, who knows what's gonna happen in the future, but maybe the next couple of years. So help us get there and help us report it back to you in the best way we can with, you know, derby knowledge and a whole lot of ridiculousness. Now, we're going to pimp ourselves again, Gnomes. Oh, well, yeah, it is. Guess what? More of us! Yay! <laughs> so, a bit more big pimping just for just for us, because it's all about us today. We are looking for a, another member of the Viva La Derby crew, due to the absolutely gut-wrenching departure of my girl, Cyclone Silla. So, we want you to be part of the Viva La Derby crew, so we want you to go to vivaladerby.com and there you will find all the information to become part of this awesome Viva La Derby crew will be there. And just follow the steps and hopefully you'll be part of the magic. But just be warned, with great power comes great responsibility. And the ability to cast nets out of your wrists. Which is true. No one stays dead except Uncle Ben. (laughs) (laughs) Too far. That's it for Big Pimpin'. Awesome. Let's hit it, Jay-Z. So you know what time it is, folks. It actually brings us to the end of episode 13 of Evil Derby. I hope it was as good for you as it was for me. I don't feel used. Episode 14 of Evil Derby is coming very soon where we're going to do our preview of the Great Southern Slam and go through all of our predictions and brackets. And it's going to be a fierce, fierce competition. We'll obviously have all our updates from the bouts that have happened between now and then and preview all the upcoming bouts that have happened around Australia and New Zealand. But for now, that's pretty much it, folks. Denominator, good for you? Awesome. Mike Riot? Great. And uh, just uh, with some breaking news, big ups to the Auckland Breakers who just won uh, the NBL finals against uh, the Perth Wildcats. Go the Kiwis! Loving it. <laughs> Take it where you can get it, mate. Take it where you can Dude, dude. <laughs> Back-to-back, baby. Back-to-back <laughs> champs. Go the Breakers. Have they still got CJ Bruton? They still have CJ Bruton, and he's the man. We're not yeah, giving him back. that's a big part of it. That's a big part of it. All right, that's all coming up on episode 14 of Viva La Derby, not the NBL recap. But, Mike, thank you, sir. It's been a pleasure, as always. Absolutely loved it, guys. Great hanging out again. Enjoy the Avengers. Hulk smash. <laughs> you've been awesome anyone else out there if you want to get in contact with us our website is www.vivaladerby.com podcast at vivaladerby.com facebook.com forward slash vivaladerby our twitter handle is at vivaladerby and our voicemail is of course what gnomes sorry 
What was that? Our uh, voice now, <laughs> voicemail number is what? 0430217435. Don't forget to rate us on iTunes, sign up to our newsletter, get a rolladobyau.net for your scores and nzrolladobyscores.blogspot.co.nz. Until next time, I've been the Big Kahuna. I'm Denominator. And I'm Mike Ryan.